Good morning, everyone. As we say in Tanzania, good morning. Um, if we could queue up the first slide so you can see the three that are not here that are in the dungeon. Okay, so we are Scott and Susie, Kieran, Kyle, and Caden, our three boys, a.k.a. the Super K Brothers. Uh, we're a motley crew. We got one from Delaware, one from Tennessee, one from Kansas, and uh, two from Kenya. You can ask us later where we're all from, which goes with which place. Um, this morning, I thought I'd just share a brie- briefly about um, the unfinished task in missions. I want to start with a little, uh, <coughs> excuse me, I got a nasty cold that I caught here in the States. In Africa, I'm healthy. I come here and get sick. <laughs> Some tropical Pennsylvania disease or something, I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> please bear with me. But I want to share just a brief update about Daniel and his family, um, and then talk about the unfinished task in world missions, and then our ministry and how that ties in with, with this task. Um, so, Daniel, Simon... And his wife, Eliza, or Eliza, if you maybe uh, pronounce it differently, and their three children. Uh, they uh, had sent greetings when we, before we left Tanzania to come back here. They said, please take our greetings. So I'm going to give you their greetings, okay? They say, Asante Nisana Ndubuzetu kwa huduma yenu kwetu, mungu awabariki. All right? So I passed it along. Need a translation? <laughs> Basically, they say, thank you all so much for your ministry to us. God bless you. So that, please receive their greetings. And if you'd like, you can send greetings back to them, and I'll take it back when we go in January. They, uh, Susie and I have known this dear couple for probably 13, 14 years when when uh, I was a team leader of a Timo team, and I'll talk a little bit later about Timo, uh, but I was leading a team among the Datoga people in central Tanzania. <coughs> and uh, Daniel and his wife, and I think they had, no, they didn't have any then. Um, they were church planters, national church planters, kind of up the escarpment, so a couple miles away, but like 3,000 feet up above where we were. And they were church planting national um, among the Maasai tribe. So they, God laid it on their hearts to go to a people that are not their own. They're from the Sukuma tribe. And they went out to the Maasai, and that's where we met them. We had a lot of uh, sweet fellowship together. We, we did ministry together because um, we were doing similar ministries of church planting. And now this Sukuma couple have moved to another tribe that is not their own. Uh, does anybody know the name of the tribe? Can anybody pronounce it, the name of the tribe? Hadzabe, yes. And I'll talk a little bit about that. Well, let me, let me go ahead and uh, flip to the next slide and talk about the Hadzabe people. So you can see the, there's a red star on the right. Uh, that's kind of marks Timo headquarters where where Susie and I and our boys live. The star, the red star on the left, marks approximately where the Hudson Bay people live. 
and where Daniel and his wife and uh, three children are living way out there in the bush. It takes maybe six to eight hours to get from our house to their house, depending on rains and, and road conditions. Uh, but you could really be praying for them. Uh, this tribe, there's only about 5,000 people in the whole tribe, but they're hard to get to. They're hunter-gatherers. Uh, so they're not farmers. They're not pastoralists. They don't raise cattle. They, they gather their food. They go out and find beehives. They go out and, you know, maybe kill small animals uh, with bows and arrows. <coughs> and so they're always on the move. They're always roaming the forest and going far and wide looking for food. And so it's really hard to minister to them because a man with a family can't, like, exactly roam the forest. So they have to uh, place themselves in a strategic location in a valley that's very fertile. And one of their projects is a beekeeping um, farm. So they want to bring the Hudson Bay to them by having honey and bees and not only for the people to eat, but to maybe even sell and raise income for these, um, these Hudson Bay people. So I guess one prayer item that I would leave you for Daniel and his, and his family are, is that where they are, there's n- no education. There, there, there are no good schools for his three children. And what that means is they have to ship their kids off, send them off to another town or maybe even the city of Arusha, up close to where we are, uh, many miles and distance away, and that's hard. Uh, That's hard for missionaries like us to send our children maybe to a boarding school. It's hard for them uh, financially getting them there and just being apart from their children. Uh, So really, uh, when you think about them, pray for their children, pray for the family, pray that God would make a way, because they don't have all the resources, the homeschooling curriculum or charter schools that we have here in Pennsylvania. And so just pray that God would open a door for their family to be together or somehow uh, that it it would work for them. All righty. Moving on from uh, that update, I want to talk about the unfinished task and missions. What is the unfinished task and missions today? I would say, let's um, look at just two passages briefly to kind of define what this task is. In Matthew, we all know this, 28, 18 to 20, and Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and do what? Make disciples, where? Of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the, to the, end of the age. <clears throat> One thing I want to point out here, our task is to make disciples. The location is everywhere. And when you read nations here, um, don't think America, don't think Russia, don't think um, Tanzania, don't think a political state. These are... These are manufactured states. When, when Jesus was speaking this, he was talking about, and the Greek word actually is ethne. 
which we get our word ethnic peoples, ethnic groups, ethne. Those are the nations that we're talking about. So, for example, in Tanzania alone, that's a, that's a, that's a state, a nation state. It was formed after World War I. But within that nation, there are 127 ethne, 127 ethnic people groups within that country. So if we, if we have missionaries, for example, in that one country, can we say we've completed the task? Yes, maybe. Depends on if we've gotten to all those people. But if, if we haven't reached all the people, all the ethne of each country, um, then maybe we need to re, rethink this. Another challenging, challenging verse, Matthew 24, 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as what? A testimony to where? All nations. And then the end will come. So here, it's both a promise and a command, or a command wrapped up in a promise. The gospel, the good news of the kingdom, will go forward to all the nations, not, not just Tanzania, China, wherever, but actual the people groups within all those nations before the end will come, before Jesus is coming back. Now, how well do you think we're doing at this task? We sent Scott and Susie Hampton to Tanzania. The Mirrors are in Haiti. Uh, the Livingstons are in southern France. The Shipleys were where? In Bulgaria. We have missionaries everywhere. So is the task complete? Who here thinks the task is finished? We're, all, we're close to finishing the task. Who here thinks we have a little ways to go? Who here doesn't know? <laughs> all right, well, I think maybe the next couple slides will help us get a, a perspective on how much we, we have left to accomplish. And it's not just Scott and Susie. It's all of us sitting here in this sanctuary. It's the body of Christ. It's you and me together. So, uh, the unfinished task. How many ethnic people groups? So the ethne, the nations of the world. How many are there? 16,600 ethne, people groups, nations that Jesus was talking about. Not just the 158 or, I don't know, how many, how many nations do we have now? Might be 200, 300. <coughs> but even if it's 300, that's a quite a distance from 16,600. And I believe this is God's heart. Uh, all people groups, all nations. Now, to kind of put this in perspective, so that's the world. So we're included in that. Next, let's break this down a little bit into what's left, who's left to reach. How many people groups are considered unreached? And unreached being less than 2% followers of Jesus within that people group. So in, like if there's a people group in Bulgaria, it, they would be considered unreached if there was less than 2% who named the name of Jesus, who said, I am a Christian. I follow Jesus Christ. 
that group would then be considered unreached. And how many are there? 7,100 of these of the 16,600 have less than 2% who follow Jesus. That just boggles the mind. Um, this number here, the 7,100 uh, people groups or ethne, <coughs> excuse me, represents approximately 2 billion of the world's population. So we're over 7 billion now worldwide. Uh, this group right here, who, yeah, who have less than 2% are over 2 billion of the world. Now, I didn't put it up here, but an even more staggering or maybe a more challenging statistic is the fact that out of these 7,100, there are 1,500 people groups, nations, who are unengaged. Has anybody ever heard that term, unengaged? So we have the unreached. You all heard you know, the term unreached. Peoples are unreached. They're lost. What about unengaged? Is that a new term? Unengaged means that there is no one. There is no one in that people who can tell others about Jesus, who can bring the truth to their neighbors. There is no viable witness to the, to the kingdom of God within 1,500 nations of this world. So have we finished the task of world missions? Do we have a little ways to go? I think we, yeah, it's challenging to me as a missionary to think about, wow, I'm not done yet. Um, but we're not done yet. The church isn't done yet. Visually, what does this look like? You can see, okay, you all know your, your, your geography a little bit. You know, America's over there in the green. Canada is just white as snow. Um, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a mixed up map, but you can see America is largely what? Green, which means there's an established, viable, vibrant church. Does that mean that everybody's a believer? Everybody is a, a Christ follower? No. Um, same with South America, same with Australia. <laughs> what this represents is the green areas have a significant church population. True followers, true believers in the Lord Jesus Christ who are there and they're making disciples of the nations. Now, where's the areas that, um, that don't have that? The, 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 the 7,100 unreached or the 1,500 nations are all within that 1040 window in the red area. Those are the areas uh, up into Asia, Central Asia, into China, Japan, North Africa, Saudi Arabia. All of those areas are unreached. They're untouched. Some of them don't have anyone like you and me to tell them God loves them. Jesus died for them. They don't have the, the opportunity to, to stand up and worship freely, the one true God. It is overwhelming, but Christ's kingdom is advancing. And I just want to share briefly what God is doing in Africa 
and maybe a little bit of our part. Susie and I are privileged to be based in Tanzania. And our ministry is uh, to, to, to support these teams, gospel teams who are going out to the unreached of Africa. And uh, we work with TIMO, which stands for Training and Ministry Outreach. <coughs> we help place teams in those least reached or unreached areas. And that means a lot of travel, and you can pray for us, because I'm always traveling from North Africa to South Africa to everywhere in between. And, you know, that leaves Susie and the boys at home. Uh, It's hard, but, uh, you know, it's worth it. The task is worth it, and our Lord is worth it. But we do covet your prayers uh, for that. Since Timo started, there have been about approximately 50... 50 teams that have been placed throughout Africa. And there are numerous organizations, numerous mission organizations around Africa that are, that are doing similar work. But so much is yet to be done. AIM, our, our mission, has been in Africa for 118 years or more. And yet the task is unfinished. OFM and, and Wycliffe and, and all these different organizations have been there. And yet, you look at where, where's the work? Where's, where, where are the unreached? It's like all northern Africa, Saudi Arabia, and there's just a ton of work left to be done. What are we going to do? How can we, how can we finish this task? It's mind-boggling. Um, yeah, I just want to share maybe just a couple instances of, you know, because you kind of, you can get overwhelmed with all this, right? A lot of statistics, a lot of numbers, and like, wow, you know, how can I, how can we ever finish the task? How can we ever reach all the nations before Jesus is going to come back again? That's what we want. We want to be with him in his kingdom. But he's not going to come until the nations are reached. So when is it ever going to happen? Well, God is at work. Our Lord is at work in, in Africa and, and around the world. <coughs> I actually recommend, if you, um, if you have a chance to read in your busy schedules, pick up the book or download it, uh, this book from uh, Amazon. It's called The Insanity of God. Has anybody heard this one? Nick Ripkin, The Insanity of God. Great book on the persecuted church, but it, it gives you an overview of God's work in some hard, hard places, uh, the hard places of the world. And he's done a lot of interesting research. Um, highly recommend this book. But our, our own little part in this, um, this great commission of finishing the task, this is what we're doing right now. My wife and I and some other families are helping to support the running of these teams. There are nine teams currently. You can see where they are throughout Africa. <coughs> we have more starting every year. Um, but I want to just look at two of these teams and give you a glimpse of what they do and how they are uh, bringing the gospel to their unrich neighbors. Let me just say, too, that out of these nine teams, 
only one of them is a non-Muslim group. Eight of them are completely Muslim, and the one that's not a Muslim group is like way out on the, on the Madagascar island, and it's remote, and the whole tribe, the whole people are unreached. So all very needy areas. But um, I want to look at the Rangi of Tanzania. <coughs> this group, there's a team there, and there's the gospel is being preached among a Muslim group called the Rangi, which is actually not far from the Hudson Bay, where Daniel and his wife, maybe about 50 miles or 60 miles as the crow flies. You can see it's very right there in central Tanzania. The Word of God states that just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you because we loved you so much. We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. And this is really the heart of our ministry. This is the heart of all of our, when our teams go out to live among Muslim peoples, to share the gospel, to do church planting in remote places. This is the value that they carry in there. <coughs> this is what Paul told the Thess Thessalonians. That we loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel, that is glorious as that is, but our lives as well. And I think he, he emphasized that because the gospel has flesh. The gospel was incarnated in Jesus Christ. But the gospel is also being incarnated, if you will, today in missionaries who go out to Africa and in all of you who are here in Pennsylvania or in New Jersey, wherever you come from. Um, and as you take the gospel to your neighbors, you incarnate that good news to the peoples around us. This team... Um, just like Daniel and Simon, they are being led by a national missionary couple. So the team leaders are nationals, and they're leading a bunch of crazy Americans and, and Brits and even some Congolese people. And it's an, it's an exciting team. But it's neat how God opened the door for this team to go into this complete Muslim tribe or people by putting it on the hearts of the local imams, the local Muslim leaders, <coughs> to actually invite them to come in to their village. And they said, come. We want you to, to come and teach our children. We want you to be um, secondary, uh, high school teachers to our children. Please bring whoever you want to bring and come into our village. And that's what this team did. About a year ago, I went down with the team they arrived from different places, and they landed in the airport, and we got them and loaded them up in, uh, I think, three different SUVs, and with luggage all on the top, and we lost one SUV on the drive down, but we found it again. <laughs> we only lost them for about a half an hour. <coughs> but we got down there, and for the first six, 12 months, this team just spent time learning the language the Rangi language, 
learning the, the heart language of this people. And through that, through just going in as, as learners, not as, uh, as the experienced teachers or missionaries or anything like that, <coughs> excuse me, but going in as learners, that established uh, uh, just a rapport with the local people. It established trust, and they built relationships. And now, a year later, they are sharing the gospel with Muslims, Muslim neighbors, Muslim shopkeepers, uh, Muslim imams, the religious leaders, because they know the language, they care about the people, they've showed that they care. Uh, not, they cared so much, not only to share the gospel, but their very lives as well. And I'm just excited about what God is doing through this team to bring the gospel to the nation of the Rangi people of Tanzania. There's another team that I just want to mention very briefly because I know our time is slipping away. And that, how many of you, have you ever heard of the Comoros Islands? Anybody? A few of you? Uh, All the missionaries raised their hands. (laughs) (laughs) The Comoros are four island groups, or an island group of four islands in the Indian Ocean. So way far away from here. When this is another team that, again, they went in about a year and a half ago. They were new missionaries together with a veteran missionary who's a team leader. And they just plunked themselves right down in the villages of these islanders. (coughs) When they first arrived, there was one known believer on a whole island of 60,000 people. And that one believer was very secret. Uh, he was not like, you know, hey, you know, let's start a church. You know, let's do a mass crusade. He was a very secret believer. And we only know that because there, were, there was another uh, missionary worker who was there who discipled this man. And he said, yeah, this guy, he's a believer. But out of 60,000, he was the only one. And again, our team went in there with nothing fancy. You know, they, they went in there. Uh, they were just like you and me. They came from Pennsylvania, Texas, Indiana, different places. But they went in as learners. They started learning the, the language of the island, people. And then slowly over time, they were, were, were just building relationships. They did soccer matches with, uh, with, you know, the young guys played soccer. They taught English. They did all kinds of things. But through that, God allowed them to, to sow the good seed of the gospel in the lives of Muslim islanders. And now there are, I'm not quite sure, either seven or eight, <coughs> because they're all secret, you know. None of them are like bold and, and with their faith, but seven or eight uh, Muslim or former Muslims who now follow Jesus. We say amen. God is at work in the nations. He is using ordinary people to bring the good news of his kingdom to every nation. And that is a promise. He said it, it will happen before the end comes. He's using people like you and me. And he was using this team. And there are several others who are who are not yet believers on this island, but they're interested. They're asking questions. 
they're, they're coming at night and saying, tell me more about your, your book, your holy book. And that's exciting. And that's something that we, that Susie and I, get to see as we travel and we go out to these various teams, we see that God is, God is on the move. Uh, he has not left us with an impossible task, and he invites us to join him in that task. So let me just wrap up with, you know, we've talked about our own ministry, Timo, talked a little bit about Daniel and his wife and family and their ministry to the, uh, to the nations. But I want to talk about the unfinished task and you, and you all. Um, let me just go ahead and click. So envision the world as a puzzle, and each one of us is a piece to that. In God's sovereignty, in our Father's sovereignty, He decided to use broken people like me and you. He decided to use redeemed sinners like me and you to build his kingdom. I don't think he had to, did he? He's pretty powerful. He could, you know, wipe us all out and start over again with a new kingdom, (coughs) a new heaven and a new earth. But he is, yeah, he's amazing. He's loving. He's He's a gracious and compassionate God. And he decides to use people that are broken, that have our own faults, that have our own struggles and weaknesses. We all do. But the the same gospel that transformed our lives, that redeemed us out of the pit, is the same gospel, the same good news that the nations need to hear. And the Lord invites each one of us. He's inviting, just like others have said already, that it's not just about making disciples in the nations that are all red or the nations that are far away, you know, America is one of those nations. And right here, we have neighbors and we have friends. Um, And we are the body of Christ, and together we can faithfully declare the gospel of Jesus in all of its fullness uh, so the nations will hear. Um, And again, another passage just to remind us that this will happen. (coughs) It's not a failing venture. It's not something that we have to wonder, oh, Man, if we don't send out more missionaries, you know, the task is never going to be complete or, or you know, Jesus is going to have to find an alternate solution. No. Um, let me just read for you Revelation 7, 9 through 10, where John was looking up to heaven. He was given a, a vision of, of what will be, a promise of what will be. And he says, After this I looked, and behold... A great multitude that no one could number. So think of you know the largest stadium you can envision, and it's you know times that by infinite. <laughs> you know, ten thousand Eagles games. You know, packed out stadiums uh, and more. A great number. Nobody could number it from every what nation, from all the tribes, peoples, and languages of the whole world, of the whole world, not just a select few standing before the throne and before the Lamb, and they were all clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Amen? 
That will be. That is the vision of what, what is going to take place. And we are a part of that. We're heading toward that. You and I. And we are invited to join God in this mission of bringing others from the nations into this amazing kingdom in righteousness and, 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 and truth and, and just something we can't even imagine all the, all the benefits. But we want everyone to experience this. So, today, what would it look like for you uh, to not only share the gospel, but also your very life with your neighbor, with people in Newtown, or in Levittown, or in Mercer County, wherever you are, wherever you work? What would that look like for you to share not only the gospel, because we need to do that, but to share our very lives with people so they can see the gospel in flesh and they can respond and they can believe and they can see God's goodness in our lives and desire the same thing and come to, come to faith in Jesus. Um, so I leave you with that challenge. What would that look like for you today? That the gospel and your very life are preaching a message that, that draws people into the kingdom from all the nations, including Bucks County, including America.